1: What up everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Man Cave Podcast brought to you by hy V and Toys Ford. Dan Casper here with you, like every episode of the Man Cave Podcast. Appreciate you checking out this episode. And while this episode, we're 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 recapping the Super Bowl. Chiefs getting the victory over the Eagles. A lot of talk about that. And a little Aaron Rodgers chat in here mixed up too. But you know where we're gonna kick things off. We're gonna talk a little Super Bowl. Last night's Super Bowl victory for the Kansas City Chiefs, 38-35 to 35 Chiefs, making the second-half comeback. I felt like, first half, I felt like the Chiefs were just lucky to be down by 10 going into the half yesterday, last night. It's like, because the Eagles were just dominating offensively. I mean, controlling the time of possession. They, I mean, they were just... They were imposing their will, it felt like. And it just felt like it was, it felt like the Eagles should have been up by a whole lot more. So that's why I felt like the Chiefs almost was like it was lucky that they were down by 10. And it was a big boost that they got the ball to begin the second half. And then the second half, it was just a flip of the script, really. And, you know, you got to give Andy Reid and his offensive staff, Eric bien I think a lot of credit. For some of their their play calls and, and game planning and such, especially those uh, you know last couple of touchdowns there, where they were just wide open. I mean, just freaking wide open. You know, Sky Moore being one of them too, and and such. And that was all scheme there. But Patrick Mahomes reaggravating the ankle injury before uh, before the half. Still finished the game twenty one to twenty seven. 182 yards for three touchdowns, getting that Super Bowl MVP second time in his career. And then, you know, we kind of said it late last week was I, at least I I felt like it was going to be whoever has the most turnovers might be the factor, and it was just one, but it was a big one. It was Jalen Hurts, the fumble. Chiefs picked it up. Returned it for a tutty. And it was, I mean, you, you look at that play. And, you know, they don't fumble that. Maybe it's a little bit of a difference early in the game. But you kind of have to look back at that one. Just a little bit. You know, obviously everybody's looking at, at Patrick Mahomes and, and Andy Reid and such. And, and I'll get that. But I want to give the Eagles... A little bit of credit here too. Jalen Hurts, I think if there was any other, and, and I'll be honest, I was one of those two for the longest time. And even leading up to the Super Bowl, there was there was a lot of like current players kind of talk like showcasing or throwing out some doubt, like, eh, don't really buy into the Eagles thing, or or don't even, you know, really fully buy into Jalen Hurts. I think it was Robbie Gold kicker for the 49ers that said make jalen hurts play quarterback and then you're there you know chiefs are gonna have a good shot at winning this i mean just kind of throwing you know little shots like that out there all week it wasn't just gold it was other it was other players and such i mean there was a lot of like i was talking to a buddy of mine and it a lot of analysts like right picking the eagles even i mean fox guys i think everybody every single one of them picked the eagles So it was like a lot of analysts were picking the Eagles for this, but then you looked at, like, current players and such and felt like majority maybe were going to the Chiefs here a little bit. But Jalen Hurts, outside of that fumble, 27 of 38, 304 yards, one touchdown pass, 15 carries for 70 yards, three touchdowns. The Eagles win that game. Jalen Hurts is easily the Super Bowl MVP. Of that game, I mean you you want to talk about time of possession thirty five almost thirty six minutes for the Eagles compared to just a little over twenty four uh for for the chiefs there, and for the longest time the the Eagles were dominating in the first downs, got a little bit closer, Eagles finished with twenty five Kansas City had twenty one total yards Eagles four hundred and seventeen Kansas City three hundred and forty so I think if there was any doubts about Jalen Hurts, is he a, a, a legit you know, top-tier quarterback? Is he still considered a long-term starter? Should he get that big contract, et cetera, et cetera? If there was any doubts about Jalen Hurts, well, you didn't get, you didn't get any from, from this game. I thought he played fantastic, being aggressive, throwing the ball down the field too. Moment wasn't too big for him. It didn't look like it for him yesterday. Outside of that one mistake with the fumble, he looked pretty darn comfortable out there. So I want to give him a lot of credit, and I want to give that Eagles offense a lot of credit. Too. I mean, they were they, they were just looking dominant, especially in that first half. And then you know that that touchdown the tie it up there. I mean, that's that's a that's a fantastic and a ballsy play too by Jalen Hurts. I know he was wide open. I know AJ or was it uh, Smith was wide open at the end, but You know, you you can sense the momentum shift from the Chiefs going up eights. Got to have this drive. They go down there and they get it and they get the two-point conversion too. So it was a a hell of a a game for Jalen Hurts. And I know a lot of people were just like banging the drum on on the Eagles. This is the one thing I will say about about the Eagles, maybe a little bit of a downer. Everybody was banging the drum on the Eagles' defense. and, And they were great all season long at, you know, getting after the quarterback, putting pressure on the quarterback. I mean, they led the league in sacks. The second-place team was the Chiefs, but it was by, like, I think the Eagles had 15 more sacks in the regular season than what uh, second-place Chiefs had. The Eagles couldn't get to Patrick Mahomes. That defense couldn't get to Patrick Mahomes. And they couldn't, you know, stop them. They couldn't stop the Chiefs in the second half. could do anything. Where where'd they go? And a little bit of that is credit to, to Andy Reed and, and that offense for scheming it up and, and attacking it and such, but where was this defense? Kind of kind of went away there a little bit. But let's get to the to the uh unfortunate call at the end of the game. We all know what we're talking about. It's it's the thing that's kind of like overshadowing this whole game. We should be be talking about this whole game. It was a fantastic game. It was an entertaining game. It was a high-scoring game. But we're all kind of talking about the holding call at the end that extended the Chiefs' drive that allowed them to take down the clock and kick the go-ahead field goal with, what, eight seconds left? Now... James Bradbury was the corner who was who was called for the hole. After the game, and this is where I got a kind of tip of the cap to him for, you know, kinda saying this and and being honest, he, he admitted he said it was a hold. Quote, I was hoping he would let it go, but of course he's a ref. It was a big game. It was a hold, so they called it. So he admitted it was a hold. Carl Chaffers, the head official yesterday after the game, saying the receiver went to the inside and he was attempting to release to the outside. The defender grabbed the jersey with his right hand and restricted him from releasing to the outside. So therefore, we called defensive holding. It was a clear case of the jersey grab that caused restriction. There was no debate. Um, Okay. It was a hold. They called it. By all definitions, it was the correct call. Here's my issue with it. I know a lot of people are, you know, throwing their arms up and how do you call that? Here's my issue with the whole thing. There was plays like that, or similar plays to that, that weren't called earlier in the game. My biggest issue is if you're gonna call it at that point in time, at that stage time winding down. And I know you can't, you know, the officials can't really factor in what at what point in the game and all that probably, you know, they got to they got to call it regardless if it's early in the first or late in the fourth. But my problem is is that it sure seemed like there was other calls or other plays that were similar to that and they didn't call holding, they didn't call PI or thing. The one I'm going to is that keeps flashing in my head is is earlier in the game. And it was actually, it would have benefited the Chiefs earlier, so you could say, well, make-up call or whatever. The uh, Juju Smith-Schuster one, if you remember that, where, you know, he kind of got turned around and they didn't call it. Not only that, but if you watch it, and, and they didn't highlight it, but if you watch it, MVS is kind of like running behind him, and you could clearly see an Eagles defender, like, holding on to MVS's jersey. I mean, it, it's it's clear. Yet there was no flags on that. So I guess my issue with this whole thing, was it the correct call? It was the correct call. But it wasn't being called consistently like that throughout the whole game. That's my issue. And I get it. You're going to miss calls. You're going to miss it. But it just felt like, you know, for. I guess you know, there was somebody. Let me let me see if I can bring it up here. I thought it was a, a great assessment. Uh, from from the game here. Let me see if I can find it. Somebody had put it. Yeah, this was it. Um, so this was from Michael Hurley. He covers. He's a sports radio guy in Boston. There were zero calls. He said, "Just like last year, my issue is this: there were zero calls for defensive holding before Bradbury was flagged. Zero, all game, all game. There was no defensive hold. Players play to the game that's being called. The infraction, such as it was, far." From being a you know a big time pit, I mean it wasn't like he, you know, grabbed him and, and threw him down on the ground. You just can't call it. You cannot. It's frustrating. And I kind of forgot a little bit about it last year, but when you think about it last year with that Rams and Bengals Super Bowl, Logan Wilson's call holding penalty came at uh, one minute forty seven seconds left in the in the Super Bowl. This one obviously came under two minutes. And both were the first defensive holding penalties of the game. Both were on third down. So that to me is is my biggest issue is when you are not calling it like that throughout the whole game. And then you decide to do it. That that to me is what is what bothered me the most. And unfortunately, it's something that's being talked about a little bit more than what, you know, the overall game. And it was an entertaining game. It was a fun game to watch for crying out loud. We had a comeback. We had, you know, star power in this thing. But we're, we're talking about a, about a play or a, a flag, I should say, at the end of the game. That that yeah. Like I was looking at it too and and Greg Olson I know was just like kind of like adamant. You you can't you can't make that call. And Mike Pereira said it was it was a textbook, you know, kind of call that it should have been, but I I think I agree more with, with Greg Olson, like I don't know. I thought I saw some worse things throughout the game that weren't called and just you know especially when you throw out that nugget that there were zero zero called throughout the game and when we thought there was there were ones that were clear ones and I don't know and I get it you're gonna miss stuff but man that's a tough pill to swallow that's a really tough pill to swallow but overall you know if we, we take that away your your thoughts from the game. Your uh your impressions, did you you know, does this solidify your stance or does this solidify, I should say, Andy Reid's status as an all time great head coach? I think it does. He's top five already and in wins in NFL history. He's got his second Super Bowl. He's been to four yeah. One with the Eagles, lost to the Patriots, three with the Chiefs here. Lost to Tom Brady and the Buccaneers in the the other one. And I was looking at, before the the game, I was kind of looking at Andy Reid's career. By the way, he's already been with the Chiefs for 10 years. It does not seem like he's been there for 10 years already. Can you believe that? Holy crap. But 24 years, he's only had three losing seasons. All three were with Philly. One of them was his very first year as head coach. Uh, Another one was his very last year as head coach with with the Eagles when they decided to move on from him. But in 24 seasons, just three losing seasons. He's never had a losing season since he's been with the Chiefs. And you kind of look at Andy Reid and some of the quarterbacks. He's got Patrick Mahomes right now. Patrick Mahomes is going to be an all-time great. When it's all said and done, he will be considered as an all-time great, maybe for some as the, the best ever or at least the most talented of all time. But you look at some of the other quarterbacks he's had to to work with. Donovan McNabb. Solid quarterback at times. All-time great? No. Kevin Cobb. Remember that short uh, experiment with Kevin Cobb? And Kevin Cobb got a lot of uh, concussions and ended his career shortly. Michael Vick. Coming back after his suspension and such. Had a couple good years there. And then goes to kansas city alex smith they draft patrick mahomes so i hope this kind of maybe shines a, a brighter light on 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 Andy reed's career like i think some people kind of forget when you look at some of the numbers that he has put up or some of the wins that he has he has been a part of and you know he's also a guy kind of like belchick where he's lost a lot of assistance throughout the years, you know, his coaching tree is pretty darn massive. Yet it never really seems to skip a beat in terms of his teams or his offenses. Like, you know, Doug Peterson went on to be a head coach. You know, Matt Nagy, now he's back with Kansas City as their quarterback's coach. You know, he's had guys go on and, and become head coaches or moved on, and yet it just kinda never skips a beat because one common factor is Andy Reid that presence there and the the job that he did now I know it's still a big mystery of like well is is he the full-time play caller is it Eric Bieniemy Andy Reid has never really f- you know he will say it's Eric Bieniemy but maybe it's a little bit of both and he was quick to acknowledge Eric Bieniemy too you know after the game with Tom Rinaldi with the offensive performance in the second half. And Eric Vienemy might be an offensive coordinator somewhere else next year, maybe to try to get under that limelight of a of an Andy Reid and showcase his, his talents and skills a little bit. But I think now this, this absolutely solidifies Andy Reid's stance as an all-time great as one of the best head coaches in pro football history. And I know some people are going to say, well, it took him to get Patrick Mahomes to get his two Super Bowls. Great. But again, you look at some of the all-time great head coaches, they've had a quarterback with them. We, we, there's so many people that get so caught up in, is it the quarterback or is it the coach? It's a partnership. You need both. Bill Walsh had Joe Montana. Bill Belichick had Tom Brady. Vince Lombardi had Bart Starr. It's a partnership. It's a team. We don't always have to give more credit to the other person. Maybe Patrick Mahomes isn't Patrick Mahomes without Andy Reid. Does Andy Reid win those Super Bowls without Patrick Mahomes? Maybe not. Probably not. And I know a lot of people now are going to start to run with like, well, where do you where do you put Patrick Mahomes now on that? Uh, on that quarterback ranking list he's 27 years old but you know we got to figure out if he's a top 10 or a top five quarterback right now we got to do that and he's off to a fantastic start to his very young career i mean five years as a starter dude's only been a starter for five years think about that five years that doesn't seem right but he's been to five conference championships Two Super Bowls, three. He's one, two Super Bowls. Been to three Super Bowls. Man, unreal, right? But again, I think if you're a, if you're a Philly fan and you've got you know what you saw from Jalen Hurts this year and what you saw from Jalen Hurts in that game yesterday, you gotta be feeling pretty good about your your quarterback. If there was any doubts there was any other doubts that were still out there about Hurts and there was let's be real there was other maybe not from Eagles fans but there were from other you know whether it was current players or maybe some analysts there were still some doubts about Jalen Hurts he looked pretty darn comfortable in that game last night and and you know it's Probably helps to have played for Alabama and national championships and and that sort of thing. But he looked pretty darn sharp last night. Outside of that fumble, he looked pretty darn good. So I think if you're an Eagles fan, you've got to be feeling you gotta be feeling good about your quarterback. You gotta be feeling pretty good. Now we'll see if that Eagles coaching staff does get plucked. How will they bounce back next year? Give a shout out to for the for the Chiefs' success this year is their general manager Brett Veach. You look at it and how many rookies were were contributors on this team, and some of their offseason moves. I mean, this remember they were a little similar in terms of Green Bay this offseason trading. You know, both teams trading their number one wide receivers. Tyreek Hill went to the Dolphins, Devontae to the Raiders. Yes, Kansas City had. Travis Kelsey, which is a world changer. But instead of just relying on the draft to fill in their wide receiver spots, they went and brought in Juju Smith-Schuster. They went and brought in Marquez valdez scantling They also drafted Sky Moore. Um, And then before the trade deadline, Kadarius Toney, they made that acquisition. But you had draft picks. I mean, their running back was, what, seventh round or two? That defense was filled with some rookies on there contributing at a high level. Nick Bolton, for crying out loud, last night almost had two touchdowns, did have one on defense, had 180-some tackles in the regular season. I mean, rookies contributing. That was a second-round pick, too. So you got to give some credit to to that Chiefs general manager, Brett Veach, and for those rookies, for those youngsters stepping up in a big moment throughout the whole season and getting the job done. So while we're, you know, rightfully so, giving some shout-outs to Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, but those youngsters and that general manager did a hell of a job this year, too. I, I, yeah, I might
0: as well chirp in on it at this point. Do I Do I see where the penalty could be called? Obviously, yes, I can see that. But do I want that called in that situation as a fan? No. I, no. Want, the, I want the game to be decided by, you know, a play that involves an actual catch or or something like that instead i think we get that and we kind of were robbed of the chance of maybe a a more dramatic finish with philadelphia Mm -hmm.
1: you know my thing justice is that there was no and i didn't realize last year was the same thing no defensive holding calls throughout the entire game and i think you can make a case there should have been a few like i know a lot of people are going with the juju smith schuster one you know, right. where he got turned yeah. around. But if you look at MVS, who's running behind him, you can clearly see his jersey's getting tugged from behind. Like the guy's trying to play catch up, and he's like grabbing onto his jersey and holding him. So, right. like to me, it's like don't change how you're calling the game right in the last few minutes. Because I, I saw somebody had tweeted us out too. You know, throughout the game, players are playing to what is being called or how the officials are officiating the game, and then all of a sudden in big time moments, you're changing that. Which which affects the game. So that, to me, is my issue, is like, why are we doing, changing what was been, you know, it, like Bradbury said after the game, it was a hold, he admitted it was a hold, but my question is, or my frustration is, why are we calling it different in those situations?
0: Right, because that stuff's been happening all game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, well, let's be honest, that has been happening all game, and you get to the biggest moment in the game, and then it's, it's time to th- throw the flag. And again, I get it. it, 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 it they admitted it. it. It's what it was. I, I I think just as a fan, and this is me speaking as a fan, mm-hmm. I just wanted to see it, a better ending to the game because it was just a thud. Yeah, after you have such a great contest, a classic back and forth game, and to have that happen, and it I mean again, this we're not even talking about this if hey maybe Jalen Hurts doesn't fumble, right? The scoop and score, you know, we're talking about Kansas City having to make a comeback instead of them you know being able to take the lead. So I mean, there's obviously things leading up to that that could change the outcome of the game so we're not gonna you know i i, I don't want to completely say that that that's the play that changed the game because kansas city was going to take the lead more than likely anyway
1: yeah they're probably going to make it a just, field goal there and you know
0: yeah it just depends on how much more time you have mm-hmm. for jalen hurts and the eagles to have a chance to get out there and and do something so uh yeah it it, it stinks that's how it heads in i uh, i understand why it was called but in that situation i'd much rather them just let them Decided on the field if he's not tackling the guy and it's not totally egregious,
1: kind of let it go.
0: Mm-hmm. I think Greg Olson did a really good job of what he was, you know, conveying the frustrations of a lot of people that were watching.
1: I agree. Uh, I totally agree. And you know, I know Mike Pereira said that. You know, that's a textbook hole. But like, I, I thought Greg Olson did a fantastic job, like, kind of voicing the frustration I think everybody was feeling at that right. point. So, and
0: that's an offensive player too. Yeah. You know, that's a guy who, would have hurt that kind of play, would have hurt him on the offensive side of the ball. So, yeah, I mean, I, I want to say, like, Greg Olson, I think the broadcast team did a great job. Mm-hmm. I think they did a really good job with that game. And uh, overall, it was a fun experience to watch. It really was. It was a good Super Bowl. It just kind of had the, the anticlimactic ending just kind of hurts it overall in like the grand scheme of things when you talk about great super bowls
1: now i don't know if he did this on purpose but uh i, I just blanked on his name the the play-by-play guy was so like when they were getting ready for the field goal how many times do you say now remember we're having issues with the field everybody's been slipping and all like he was trying to it almost felt like he was like hey don't just assume this field goal is going to be made even though i think everybody in the world thought it was going to be made but it felt like he was like saying you know, hey, there still could be some more drama here, you know, trying to right. temper that down a little bit, which, I mean, he has to do. But I thought, it was like, okay, now it's just laying it on a little bit thick at that point.
0: Yeah. And, I I, I mean, Kevin Burkhardt does a good job. Kevin, thank you, yes. Yep. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, you, I mean, you kind of had to mention just because of how bad the field was. I mean, that's yeah. the other thing that, unfortunately, a lot of people are going to remember is just how bad the field was. And I don't know if anybody else was listening in halftime, but didn't Terry Bradshaw say they painted the whole field? hmm so,
1: I yeah, you know we I know had, it,
0: it, it wasn't green enough for TV. I bet you that's I almost <laughs> guarantee you that's the reason.
1: Well, the thing is too is like they mentioned it a couple times. The Chiefs played there in Week One, and they said the Chiefs mentioned it that it was bad in Week One, like that it was slippery in Week One over there too. Yeah. So it's like obviously it's been a problem throughout the whole season. I mean we we've been talking more I think about field conditions and turf and natural grass. This year, more than any other year combined at this point, I feel like, whether it's ACLs or, or field conditions out there. But that was definitely something that was that was brought up quite a bit. And we had a texter saying, uh, you know, good morning, Dan. don't know if you touched on this yet, uh, but the NFL should be embarrassed about last night's field conditions. It was a joke how many guys were slipping around on the field. Super Bowl should be no place to experiment a new field turf. Uh, fortunate thing is that nobody got hurt. So I don't know if it was a, a brand-new field or, or, or not. If they mentioned that, I might have missed it. But I do know they said, like, the Chiefs were even mentioning it after week one when they played the Cardinals. It was it was really slippery over there.
0: Yeah, Tahoma 31. I
1: that's saw people- you do yeah. some research. That's that's why they pay you the big bucks.
0: And it's been around for about five years. Mm-hmm. So it's not like it was like they just whipped this up in a laboratory, you know, five weeks ago. They've been growing this for, what, 18 months, they said. Mm-hmm. So I don't know exactly how it works with them sliding you know, the grass in and out, how they can do it there in Arizona. But, yeah, it, it, you know, it was not a good look for the NFL to have your biggest game and have people slipping like this. I know you want to play. Obviously, the players want to play on natural grass. We've heard that enough. But i almost like, do you want that option there of being able to play on field turf if you don't think it's going to be up to standards? But you have 18 months to try to figure it out, and it just wasn't able to happen yeah, that, that, it, it's not a great look on the league.
1: No, uh, it, it's, it's not. So, like, I, I agree with Dexter. The They're lucky, like, nobody seriously got hurt. Because, yeah. I mean, because even if it wasn't the turf's fault, people are going to blame the turf. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, somebody,
0: it was it Juju Smith or um, somebody early on in the game kind of got hit sideways mm-hmm. on the grass there, and I don't know how much that was the turf's fault, but yeah the turf monster uh definitely uh got its spotlight yeah during the Super bowl.
1: no doubt about it so but you're right i mean this was a good super bowl i mean it was a it was really entertaining and, and all that um i know we got only a few minutes and then we gotta restart the zoom here but does this solidify in your opinion justice andy reed is a bona fide start making the bust right now with a cheeseburger and a hawaiian shirt on him andy reed's a pro football hall of famer
0: oh yeah oh yeah and I think he was before this but I think this just proves that he's um, maybe the second best coach of his generation yeah I mean you can throw I think Belichick obviously I mean how many generations have those guys been out there which generation you want to count it as but
1: 24 seasons he's coached just three losing seasons one was his first one in Philly another one was his last one in Philly that's it
0: yeah he has been just outstanding and um again hats off to patrick mahomes too for playing with that ankle injury and you know i kind of is going to get glossed over a lot mm-hmm. by the you know by the way the game ended but mahomes being able to go out there and do that and for you know andy Reid to be able to I, you know, i'm not going to go with travis kelsey saying this
1: no one believed in oh, the Chiefs this year that was that grinded my gear so much justice
0: I mean, come on! You're the Chiefs. You have Patrick Mahomes. You have Travis Kelsey. You're telling me people didn't believe in you? I, I think. I think you. less people, more people didn't believe in them last year when they got off to this bad start. Mm-hmm. This year, they've been fine the whole year long. When were people not believing the Chiefs? Maybe, yeah. You lose Tyreek Hill, but I don't think people were like, "Oh, this team's done."
1: No, and it was like, okay, yes, we thought the AFC West was going to be better with all the movements and you know quarterbacks being added to that division, but I don't think. I don't think I saw anybody thinking that the Chiefs were like, oh, they're doomed. They're the worst team in the AFC West, you know, with all the improvements. That thing bugged me the most with yeah. last night with Kelsey saying that.
0: I don't know. Maybe they were watching the pregame where Fox picked everybody. Yeah, everybody, picked the, yeah. Which yeah. was a surprise to me. Mm-hmm. Like, you mm-hmm. go in anywhere else, like my household, I think I was the only one that picked the Eagles. Now, granted, uh, my wife's got a good, I'd say a decent football knowledge, my kids. <laughs> <laughs> so, but they invaded. They, they were the ones that were right. I was the wrong one, so see how that goes. But yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know. I think all roads lead to the Super Bowl are going to go through Kansas City for the next few years in the AFC, and now the Buffalo Bills, and you go Cincinnati as well, but the Bills got to try not to you know have the Peyton Manning mm-hmm. to Tom Brady's Patriots during that time, so... Yeah, I, I no one was doubting that Kansas City could do this. I don't, I don't believe that.
1: No, not for a second. I'm just like, oh, you know, okay. After the AFC Championship game, you can say what you want about like the the Bengals mayor and you know Burrowhead yeah. and all that. But after the Super Bowl, like you know, to say nobody believed in them this year, come on, dude. Yeah,
0: yeah, no, that that to me was just kind of ridiculous. I agree. We, I also have to give Rihanna credit for a great halftime show. So a lot of, You're always going to have the critics. Yeah. Like The first thing I logged on to Facebook after the game, which was a mistake, and yeah. uh, <laughs> it was like, worst halftime show ever, someone of my friends from when I was, it's was like, really? It probably wasn't for you then.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You got Chris Stapleton singing the national anthem. So, I mean, that was awesome. I am a huge. Chris that Stapleton was
1: a great fan. rendition.
0: Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, just. Uh, yeah i thought she did a good job i said she did a great job it, it was entertaining mm-hmm. and just she sang the hits didn't have any guests except for one special guest i guess now as they're saying is confirmed after that she was pregnant doing yeah. that as well so hey i thought i thought it did what it was supposed to do it entertained
1: i can't comment because i missed it the whole time because i was in the shower so i, I was <laughs> like i gotta hop in the shower i got extra time at the hop and you know halftime so
0: right i think it was what it was and i, I get it oh well i
1: want metallica to play it's like, Metallica okay. doesn't want to. That's the thing.
0: I don't know how many every year somebody posts that. Metallica, we need Metallica. It's like, they're not going to do it. Yeah. They Absolutely. don't want to do it. So. Right. Exactly. And I'm sorry, but I think the uh, days of the like old, and I hate to say it, not oldies, classic rock bands doing the halftime shows is probably past at this point, depending on what your definition of classic rock is, because that obviously changes mm-hmm. every year. But I thought it was a very well done show. But I'm not it's always going to have its credits where people just don't mm-hmm. it's, it's not for them well you know what I think if you can even if you're not a biggest fan of Rihanna you can at least look at it and say okay the spectacle was great she sounded great and, and you know credit for doing it while pregnant as yeah. well
1: whether it's it's him or whether it's the constant you know media coverage and that sort of thing but like you know yesterday was the NFL network report that was you know kind of like Ian Rapport, Tom Pelissero. Uh, by the way, were you in Green Bay when Tom was there too?
0: Yes, actually, he was working. I think for like the Press Gazette. Yep, because he started off at...
1: here at the Leader Telegram. Did you know that? Right.
0: Yeah. Yep. I. I yep. I know talking to Joe Zemer, who mm-hmm. used to work at the Leader Telegram too, telling Tom stories. So nice. yes.
1: Yeah. Uh, but they talked. You know, they had a report article, whatever you want to call it. Uh, you know, like teams were already inquiring that they expect the Jets to be ultra aggressive and saying Green Bay's you know more open this year to, to trading Aaron Rodgers. But the thing that gets glossed over here was this part in their report, saying, on the other hand, if Rodgers decides he wants to stay in Green Bay, the Packers would want him back. The sides had productive conversations in the days after, finishing a disappointing 8-9 season. More convos figured to be needed, though. To make sure everyone is on the same page about the direction of the franchise and the roster so you know what justice it's back to where it was at the beginning gotta mm-hmm. be Ayer's decision
0: right nothing has changed nothing. except for all the talk in between that has led back it's just a full circle so mm-hmm. i'm gonna stand by i believe he will be back as the packers quarterback for next year i will i'll stand by that That's i will just my gut feeling nothing <laughs> yeah nothing other than just me looking at it and be like i think he's back coming back
1: I will say this is a if it I don't know who the sources are from, for Tom and Ian, but let's say it is a like a Packer source. I will say they are doing a masterful job of building this up to being like, well, if Aaron plays elsewhere, it's Aaron's decision, not our decision. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like you, know, I know some people are already kind of throwing out that out there, like, well, they're saying they want him back, but if Aaron is playing somewhere else, whether it's true or not, that was Aaron's decision, not ours. Masterful job yeah. in PR work.
0: Right, <laughs> just good, good deflecting, mm-hmm. and just make you know go, again go full circle back to Aaron. So yep. I don't know. I, th- I think he, it's just it. <clears throat> I'm getting choked up. It um, it just fits better with him back there. I know the Jets are going to try, but I don't. <clears throat> if you're him, do you want to go to New York?
1: That's what I don't understand. No guarantee. Yeah. Like I also think. your
0: your head coach is best friends with your old head, head coach. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. There's just some weird. You know, for, I, I know they might throw the Brinks bus at the Packers, but we'll see.
1: For as much as he complains about media coverage, to go to 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 be willing to go to New York, have fun with that. You know, right?
0: I I think people don't realize how easy they have it until they leave Green Bay.
1: Mm-hmm. And honestly, I almost feel like Aaron knows that's an advantage to being in the Green Bay media market,
0: right? Because you, you, you don't really hear Aaron say much about the Green Bay media. No, you know, a lot I, of people have had problems. Famously, like Sterling Sharp. Did not you know like the Green Bay media, and that, but that's also thirty some years ago.
1: Well, the only thing I heard Aaron tell Pat one time was that you know sometimes he doesn't even get hard questions. I'm like, I think some people would prefer that,
0: probably. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, getting the softball, but sometimes he it's
1: Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Was. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, but you're right. I mean. I feel like, you know, the the more I was thinking about it, you know, I was reading that, and you know, I'm like, oh, okay, so nothing new, really, nothing, you know, out there, world world shattering, shattering. but, you know, you go back to his thing at the end of the season, well, you know, it's got to be a two-way thing, I just get the sense that, yes, he wants to be there, he wants to play there, he's trying to, like, kind of, you know, push it to, like, hey, this this is, like, Green Bay's decision if I don't play here but now Green Bay's doing the same thing saying hey if he doesn't play here it's it's his decision I feel like Aaron wants to be there I I think I'm I might be changing my position here Justice I was of of the mindset I think he's gone I think he's traded I think I'm going back I think he's back in Green Bay
0: I, I yeah I mean that's where I'm going to stick with I you know the only thing that's still out there on the table is retirement. I know everybody's like well he wasn't going to retire the same day as Brady you know the same year. Mm-hmm.
1: But I don't know if that would even play into his head. I don't think it does. I think that gets overblown so much. I really do.
0: Yeah. I I think so too. So I mean it could happen. Mm-hmm. That would be quite the class.
1: Yeah and <laughs> and I know Aaron's got an ego. I, I I totally get that. I understand that. But I honestly don't think a Hall of Fame ceremony would deter him from whether playing or not I just I don't see that happening or being a reason I should say yeah hmm so um we we'll, we shall find out maybe in the next couple weeks here right oh hopefully sooner than later well Mark Murphy said hopefully by March so that's already uh what we close. To, yeah two weeks March uh wait that's that's yeah we're talking. Two weeks from tomorrow is already last day in February, bro. Happening. <laughs> Man. Do you. Okay, so let me ask you this, Justice, before I let you go. Do you have to get going here or can you go to the eight?
0: I can go. Yeah, close to eight. Okay.
1: Yeah. Uh, if Aaron does come back, do you think Jordan's traded then?
0: I think they try their best to hold on to both. Honestly, I think this day and age in the NFL, you need that really good backup. Mm-hmm. There is a lot of money though involved, and I think there'd be some restructuring both ways. Mm-hmm. I think if I, I mean, if, again, somebody throws the right offer at you, then yeah, I think you trade them. Yeah, but if uh, if you are not getting those good offers, and he, you know you can find a way to manipulate the cap, you keep them.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they're going to have to come up with that uh, fifth-year option whether they decide to keep them or not uh before free agency starts i think it was before uh, middle of march so
0: i believe so cuz it was his fifth year out fourth year what is it this will be off? his
1: fourth so fourth. the fifth year that's a fully guaranteed contract for next year
0: yeah so i think yeah i think you got to you got to really uh try to keep him i think like i said i think you just need a good backup now mm-hmm. can you go out there and find somebody yeah but i you know again he's an unknown commodity but we've seen enough on the field to know that if he has to come in he could do a good job.
1: You know, I know a lot of people, and it's it's a first-round pick compared to a second-round pick. I understand that. I get it. But at the same time, you know, when the Eagles drafted Jalen Hurts, I don't think they expected him to be their starter. You know what I mean? Like, I don't I, – I feel like they maybe it was like, okay, we're going to try to get, you know, push Carson Wentz here a little bit more, that sort of thing. But I think if you would have told them, hey, within four years, Jalen Hurts is going to lead you to the Super Bowl – I think they would have said, I'm talking the Eagles, you're, you're nuts. We're not expecting that. I don't know if yeah. they've necessarily drafted Jalen Hurts to be their long-term starter, to be honest with you.
0: Right. Well, exactly, because, I mean, he still had Carson Wentz mm-hmm. when they drafted him, and there was even doubt last year.
1: Yeah. And, <laughs> and then, then Jimmy G is the classist, classic example, too, with Tom Brady over there. They traded Jimmy G when Brady was 40 years old because right. he was still playing. So. I mean, If you
0: have Aaron Rodgers and you can get Aaron Rodgers, and if he's back to 100% next year, I think the no-brainers keep Aaron Rodgers and figure out what you can do mm-hmm. with Jordan.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep, I agree. That's going to do it for this episode of the Man Cave Podcast. Again, brought to you by our good friends at High V and Toys and Ford. Hey, don't forget, if you are not following or subscribing for free to the Man Cave Podcast, do me a favor and do so on your favorite podcasting platform like Apple or Spotify, Google, Amazon, or all over the place, all right? And if you have the ability to, leave a positive review and a five-star rating so other people can find the Man Cave podcast. Again, big thanks for checking out this episode of the Man Cave podcast, and I'm Dan Casper as always, and we'll chat with you again soon.